Well, who better to visit with as we are now just four days away from what could be a monumental midterm election in America and the hysteria is growing exponentially. Brian Kilmeade is the co-host of the very popular top-rated on cable morning news show, Fox and Friends. He joins us here on the Dory Monson Show. Brian, it's good to talk to you again. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Also, I just got to add, since last time we spoke, I also have a show, 8 o'clock Eastern, Saturday night, 8 and it's repeated at 11. So uh, I believe that would be 5 o'clock your time. Yes, it would be. That's good math. Yeah. Okay. So I know you're just finding out. I led my show with this a half hour ago. I know you're just finding out about this. But uh, NBC News this morning on the Today Show, they run a Paul Pelosi story and had some contradictions from the federal report that's been pushed out. But specifically, it said Paul Pelosi was in the house for a half hour with DePape before the police arrived. Paul Pelosi opened the door, didn't tell the police he was in trouble turned and walked back toward DePape, and that's when he got hit with the hammer. NBC News, Brian, has now spiked this story, and I know that today's show is a direct competitor of yours, but what do you make of this? Oh, it's gutless. I mean, this is legitimate. This is this is a timeline, and to pull this story like this, it's because they, don't, they were just watching the back of Nancy Pelosi again. I mean, this is what everyone's talking about. Remember they said, Politico said, a third person answered the door. Why? And then when they had the press conference, they couldn't answer the question, who answered the door? We're still getting details. What, what do you mean you're still getting details? That's the most basic detail that anyone ask a police officer, who answered the door that led you, who let you into the house? Right. So, yeah, and where's this guy? Why he, Is he the only one in America who doesn't get, get, he doesn't get zero cash bail? So he's not allowed out right away? So he's jailed, jailed away? Who knows what they're looking kind of thing for him? So this has a ton of questions on it. And let and well, let, how do you this is not some fringe cable network and I'm not talking about Fox or any cable network who ran a story unsubstantiated. This is NBC. And clearly it read their standards. Why else would it be on the Today Show? Well, because on something like the Today Show, there are layers of editors before something yes. airs and then for it to air and then they put an editor's note in that says it did not meet our standards. It sounds to me like it's just a protection racket for Nancy and, and Paul Pelosi. And a larger issue, since Joe Biden and our governor here in Washington, Jay Inslee, they immediately blamed all of this on January 6th. It sounds like a, a news operation running a protection racket for the Pelosi's and the Democrat Party right before the midterms. I mean, what else would you conclude? I mean, what else would you conclude? And, and for them to have that ridiculous speech on Tuesday and say they were chanting, where's Nancy? Really? Yeah. That's what you, when you want to find Nancy, that's what you say. It's not a secret code for QAnon. So right. this guy is a nudist. This guy is a nudist, illegal alien who, who is a child molester, according to his ex-wife, who lives in a school bus and is, seems to be all but homeless. And now they're saying, well, if it wasn't for January 6th, he wouldn't have attacked Paul Pelosi. Really? When that's a bridge too far in a speech we didn't need to hear. Well, in, in the hours after the attack, last Friday, as I said, Joe Biden and our governor here in Washington, Jay Inslee, they immediately came out and said that this was about January 6th, that this was about political insurrection, uh, just ran down all the exact same talking points. And 
I mean, so this is how it looks to me, Brian. It looks like the talking points were crafted by the party immediately after this attack that Biden and Inslee and Gavin Newsom, they all run with it. And then NBC runs a story that contradicts their talking points. And then the story gets spiked. I mean, there are two stories here. One, the facts in the NBC story, and then the media political intrigue of the story getting spiked since then. Oh, it's unbelievable. And now they will have their worst nightmare. They wanted to say January 6th, Republicans are dangerous. MAGA, uh, Donald Trump is dangerous. And now they say, well, turns out you're, uh, this is as dicey as your DWI. Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. You know, Paul Pelosi, I, we still don't have all the details on that. Paul Pelosi basically almost kills somebody uh, driving drunk and then tries to use a police benevolent, police benevolence pass to get himself out of it and talks about some board that he's on, which simply has been rescinded, to try to get some special uh, discompensation. And I ask you, too, uh, once again, Nancy Pelosi's not around. Uh, Paul's getting a little bored. So something's going on here. Well, and if he was in the house for a half hour before the police arrived uninjured, then, yeah, there's a lot more to the story that needs to come out. I saw you get very defensive, Brian, uh, in the day or days right after the story broke because of Joe Biden, well, it's particularly Gavin Newsom, uh, talking about your colleague, Jesse Waters, and trying to pin the attack by the mind-blown, psychedelic nudist. They tried to pin it on your colleague oh, covering yeah. his DUI. Well, we, I mean, it, it, from the very beginning, Brian, this has been just one of the most bizarre bits of spin that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I wouldn't say defensive. I just I was just offended that he took 15 minutes out of primetime television to make a campaign speech that nobody wanted to hear, uh, the substance of which uh, contained very little facts. He basically is coming out saying it's like it's January 7th. I'm offended about the insurrection. Uh, the the invaders of the white of the uh, Capitol building. Okay, we all are, and there's nonstop uh, talk about it on CNN and MSNBC, on the Daily Beast. We got it, and you have hearings. We understand it, and now you go. I'm really offended. Donald Trump lost. I won, uh, and you got to accept election result. Okay, yeah. what really is going on behind closed doors, according to Politico, is that he can't believe. All those, uh, all the Democrats that back these so-called election deniers have candidates who won their primary due to Democratic money who now are close to winning office because they're winning the general. Turns out they spent between 47 and $53 million to prop up people that they thought was, uh, they deemed as unelectable in the general so they have an easy time holding on to seats and instead are gaining seats. Instead, they got people like Tudor Dixon, People like Carrie Lake, people like Blake Masters, uh, Don Bolduck, who are on either leading or in the, uh, close to overtaking the established Democratic candidate. So in a panic, he runs out because no one wants to get him to campaign with him. And he just gives some yelling speech where he repeats himself four times yeah. within 20 minutes. So that's what I'm talking about. You just can't abuse, you abuse the office like that. Don't tell me the president's got an address to make it pure uh, fictional politics. It's amazing. You know, another one of those candidates that the Democrats elevated because they thought he'd be easier to beat. He's a very good friend of our radio show, and that's Joe Kent here in Washington State. And and he's going to blow out his opponent now. So then the other talking point, Brian, uh, in the last 24 hours, 
is that if the election goes the way it certainly appears, like it's headed, that it will be the end of democracy. And everybody got that exact same talking point. We had about 30 different people using those words yesterday. It's so transparent how crafted this is, including media members using the exact same phrase, not just politicians. I mean, is there any doubt that there's tremendous collusion between one political party and many members of the media? Yeah, I mean, it's just that they're not even trying to hide it anymore. And remember, um, remember what uh, the, the last National Security Advisor was saying, that Obama said, was saying during the Obama years, it's amazing. I put it out and it comes back to me in questions at press conferences. Uh, so they know what's going on. Yeah. But unfortunately, the American people have a vote, too. And they don't seem to be buying it. If they were buying it, you'd be talking about how slim the victory was going to be in the House and how uh, what a long shot would be for the Republicans to take the Senate. Instead, they're expected to get 30, 40, maybe more seats in the House. And the Senate now a 51 percent chance, according to Nate Silver's 538, of taking the Senate. And I think there's even a better chance of that now, probably by the end of the day. Yeah, I would think so, especially with this uh, Pelosi story blowing up on. Brian Kilmeade is with us. He is co-host, one of the triumvirate at the top of the number one cable news show, Fox and Friends, and also the author of a new book. I'm going to get to that in just a second here. So, Brian, what's your prediction on what's going to happen Tuesday? We're just over 96 hours out from the first returns coming in. How do you think it's going to play out? Well, what I think uh, basically is uh, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the speaker. And barring any other breaking news, uh, Bulldog, Masters, Walker, Oz, Tiffany Smiley, and Joe O'Day is a long shot. I, I think everybody except Smiley is on the cusp of like within one or two points margin of error, which I believe the sentiment will be to, to flip it. So, and, you know, the fact that they're throwing everything at Herschel Walker, and now he's got a three-point lead, if, if I'm to believe the latest polls, and there, he's anything but destroyed, uh, I think that that shows that maybe they're going to have a, a Republican going to have a huge day. Well, I knew the Democrats were frightened here in Washington State when Chuck Schumer started moving campaign cash to Patty Murray. That's That's when we knew they were worried about Tiffany Smiley, and she's still an underdog, but... Uh, the fact that Democrats are so concerned about her, she definitely has a shot. We're talking with Brian Kilmeade, co-host of the very popular Fox and Friends. And uh, Brian, I also I love your books. You have uh, uh, your most recent book, The President and the Freedom Fighter, Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. What lessons, as you research the, the great history that you write, right. what lessons well, translate yeah. into, into what we're seeing today? I mean, the, the book came out last year, but the paperback, I added some news that took place. When you talk about the Woodbees taking down the, the Emancipation Monument in Lincoln Square in Washington, D.C. during the George Floyd riots, and they ripped out Frederick Douglass's statue, um, his statue in Rochester, where he spent most of his free life. I, could, I just added that because it just shows how twisted people are getting about our history. That we have to have these mythical figures, and they got to live up to living these perfect lives in order to be uh, memorialized. And just how ridiculous it was if Frederick Douglass had a statue written out, you should have made another one. And number two is you leave that other statue out there because it was paid for by emancipated slaves. If you don't like the design, add to the square. But don't don't rip the 
statue out. It's just part of the whole revisionist history. We're now judging people by the generation we're in instead of the generation they're in. And they lived and died. So with a, with President Freedom Fighter, I just tried to highlight two self-made man stories that helped make America a better place during our most uh, vital time. And that's the cusp and the during the Civil War. And they knew each other, respected each other from afar. They, uh, Frederick Douglass was critical of Lincoln, uh, wrote a lot about it in his newspaper, The North Star. But in the end, they were able to combine and help draft African-Americans into the Army, uh, as well as fight for equal pay between blacks and whites when it comes to serving. And when it was time to get him reelected, Frederick Douglass played a huge role in the president getting reelected yeah. and was invited to the inaugural. And to see an African, a person who was a slave 10 years, 15 years before uh, on the platform with the inauguration of the American president just shows how special he was and how open-minded Lincoln was. And you spent a lot of time, we're almost out of time here, but we, uh, you spent a lot of time researching that time in American history. There are a lot of people who believe that right now is the most precarious time since then in the last 160 years. Do you agree with that? I don't know. I didn't live through the 60s, but it seemed pretty bad. And you had a huge problem in the South. Separate water fountains, front, back of the bus, separate hotels. You know, you had a lot of the violence in the South. Ku Klux Klan was still a factor. I think that uh, if you ask for division, I think you have division. The Vietnam War, dividing the country, the draft, the dodging of the draft. So you had the assassinations of RFK, of MLK. Uh, uh, Medgar Evers to start it all off. I would say that's more tumultuous than now. See, I agree with that. Uh, I've, uh, I've always believed that people have great ego about the time in which they live and that it's it's the most fill-in-the-blank, but I think you're right on about that. Uh, Brian, yeah. it's always good talking with Brian Kilmeade, co-host of top-rated Fox and Friends. He hosts One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on the weekends. And uh, we're kind of radio competitors, but you also do a three-hour radio show every day. Yes. Yes. All right. Hey, Brian, it's All great right. talking with you, and uh, we'll stay in touch. I know. I appreciate it, Don. Thank you. And uh, BrianKilmead.com if everybody wants it uh, personalized. Thanks so much. You got it. Okay. Brian Kilmead joining us. Lots more straight ahead here on the Dory Monson Show. might be the biggest corporate scandal in world history with this SBX cryptocurrency theft of tens of billions of dollars. The largest corporate scandal up till now has been Enron in the early 2000s. And one of the whistleblowers in the Enron scandal is a very good friend of our radio show, Lynn Brewer, joins us here on the Dory Monson Show. Hey, Lynn, it's great to talk to you once again. It's good to talk to you, Dory. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my voice, but other than that, I'm glad to be talking with you right now. So <laughs> you've uh, you were kind of an early crypto investor. You told me when you jumped in on Bitcoin, and I imagine you've been following this SBX scandal very closely. 
Yeah, so um, we bought into Bitcoin um, when it was $4,000. So we are, uh, we have ridden the upside and the downside to this. We do not, other than Ethereum, we do not get into what are called altcoins or bleep coins. Um, and so, uh, and we don't look at, um, we really stay away from these risky coins. It's really amazing to watch how this has evolved because, uh, first of all, the guy at the head of it seems as sketchy as can be. They were able to get big-name celebrities like billionaire Larry David and Tom Brady to help shill for them, which seemed to give it some credibility. And for them to build up uh, as much as they did in the customer base in such a short time, uh, this guy, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, he was said to have $20 billion at age 29. How were there not red flags through all this, Lynn? Well, I think that there there were red flags, actually. And in fact, um, he has been interviewed a number of times where he specifically stated what the um, weaknesses were in the regulators. Um, but he was the third largest donor to the Democrat Party, right? So he gave, you know, uh, $70 million. So this is very similar to Enron in that case because Enron gave $100 million to the Republican Party slash yeah. George W. Bush. Well, and what's amazing about all of this, too, is the country of Ukraine was an investor in FTX earlier this year. I mean, they're in the midst of fighting a war with Russia. I don't know how in the world they could be looking at sending some money or partnering with FTX, but now we have a pretty good deal. If the Democrats are sending tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine, Ukraine is giving it to FTX, and FTX is giving it to the Democrat Party, uh, that that at least gives the appearance, and it needs to be investigated, if this was a gigantic money laundering scheme. It, it definitely was a gigantic money laundering scheme, but um, unfortunately, um, really what's happened here is that the little guy, like in, in the case of Enron, ended up being in a situation where they're, they've lost their money, right? This is a Bernie Madoff, right? It's yes, yes, yeah. And so there were a number of things, and, and of course the attorney that's cleaning it up was also the cleanup crew for Enron. And he has said today he's never seen anything like it. For instance, um, uh, Sam's girlfriend or ex-girlfriend um, started something called Alameda Research, right? And you would think that that's a research company. It's not. It was a hedge fund. And all of the money um, that went into FTX actually went through the Alameda bank account. So, you know, keeping it out of peering eyes because it's a separate entity. And, and this girlfriend, she is on record saying that she doesn't believe in, in financial safeguards. She also doesn't believe in crypto, the the you know tens of billions of dollar industry that she was laundering money with. 
uh, allegedly. She says that crypto was mostly memes and nothing else to back it up. So here's somebody who said that she doesn't believe in crypto while collecting tens of billions of dollars from investors. And some people put their life savings into this. I mean, it is so disgusting from top to bottom, Lynn. Yeah, it really is. And what you've got here is you have young people who are making millions and millions of dollars as influencers on YouTube, right? So we look at Mr. Beast, he's making three or four hundred million dollars a year. Now he gives it away and um, all of that. But you what happens here is people get in this FOMO or fear of missing out and they lose. They're just impressed by the fact that Tom Brady is on television commercials advertising during the Super Bowl that this is the company to invest in or to bring your money in. And here's the problem. As we say, if your money is on an exchange or your coins are, quote, held on an exchange, they're not your coin. They're not your money. Um, And so people need to look into um, alternative means by which, whether, whether it's a wallet which looks like a a thumb drive or you go to something like Swan, um, which is a, I mean, just completely different animal altogether. Well, I mean, I I have a little crypto and my my wallet is in a company called Coinbase. And they have sent out an assurance to all of us that the money in our account, uh, the coins in our account will never be loaned out. They will never be leveraged. They will remain tied to each individual investor. Uh, You know, whether they live up to that, I guess the, the time will tell. But that is certainly not what FTX was doing. Oh, no. But let me just say to you, we, too, have funds on Coinbase. And I wanted I invested in Coinbase when they first went public. Um, I saw them as one of the leaders. But on their SEC filings, it's very clear that if you if they file for bankruptcy, your money is not your own. And so that's what's in their SEC filings. That's not what they send out to people. And unfortunately, we learned after the fact. And so in my world, I'm doing everything I can to get off of Coinbase. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's good for me to know. I appreciate that. Hey, Lynn, hold on. I'm talking with Lynn Brewer. She was one of the original Enron whistleblowers. Nobody knows more about this type of corporate scandal than Lynn. And she's going to spend the rest of the half hour with us. And coming up in the next segment, Lynn is also going after Sound Transit. You know how much I love that. So we'll continue our conversation with Lynn Brewer in just a moment here on the Dory Monson Show. All right, we are back with Lynn Brewer. Lynn was one of the Enron whistleblowers, and now we are looking at this uh, incredible crypto story where FTX has uh, collapsed after funneling, laundering tens of billions of dollars, apparently much of it headed for the Democrat Party. Okay, so Lynn, you watched how all of this slowly rolled out with Enron. Uh, first of all, the United States has to extradite this guy from the Bahamas, the Sam Bankman yeah. freed, and uh, get him get him before some subcommittees, don't they? Well, I, I don't even think they go before subcommittees. I think that it, they go before the Justice Department. Okay, good. He, what he has done is criminal. 
Well, and, and again, the darkness of all of this, his dad, a Stanford prof, helped Elizabeth Warren write the cryptocurrency regulations. And, and Elizabeth Warren is known to be the most skeptical senator about crypto. This guy's dad worked with Elizabeth Warren on some of the regulations that she drew up. So, I mean, this stinks to high heaven. Is this going to be bigger than Enron? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's just um, from a variety of standpoints, and I think you're going to find just who has dirty hands in this right, is um, there needs to be regulation in this industry because we've got everything from stable coins, which is supposed to be pegged to or backed. And this is the Do Kwan um, Luna deal that just blew up about two months ago, maybe six months ago. Um, And what happens is these young guys talk this great story and, but clearly they're scamming people. So if, the, if they're exploiting the weaknesses in the regulations, then there needs to be greater regulations, and those regulations need to be applied across the board. Um, so, and then you have, of course, um, cryptocurrency, or you know, and they have this FTT coin. And what they're finding now is that there was they had no investment in Bitcoin, so nothing. I mean, it was vaporware yeah. at that. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, real quick, you took the state of Washington for $100,000 when they failed to turn over public documents in a timely manner when you were looking into uh, what uh, employment security did or didn't do uh, when when they were had all the hundreds of millions stolen from them. You're going after Sound Transit right now. Uh, just give yeah. me a real quick synopsis of that, and I want to talk to you more later in depth about it. Sure. So um, it became apparent to me and people in fact told me this that that sound transit was fully aware by peter kiewit that what they were proposing to push this thing through um the expansion of sound transit that what what sound transit wanted to do was um was not workable it wasn't going to hold up and peter kiewit kept telling them and they said we don't care we want you to do it our way and so I have done a public records request. Um, the, I happen to know the woman who is running Sound Transit. She was overseeing, um, uh, her name is Kimberly Farley. She is an attorney and a civil engineer, or sorry, geologist. And what she um, oversaw was the tunnel, the um, Highway 99 tunnel. Okay. Um, and <laughs> going through that. So she's not without education or interest, but this was such a political um, n- sort of nightmare for them that Kiewit went out and said, look, we're doing a cover your behind to end on this. And so, but Sound Transit went ahead and demanded that this expert, this international expert construction company um, just ignore everything when it comes to prudence on what the proper thing is to do and um, just took on um, and pushed it forward. So I've requested the public records on it. They're very slow to come and I, um, I'm not seeing anything. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I was just gonna say, I'm not surprised at all to hear this. I've been trying to blow my whistle about Sound Transit for 26 years now. And, uh, heck, they, they make FTX look like pikers. FTX are only into it for 70 billion. Sound Transit's into us for over 100 billion and counting. So I think they're the yeah. biggest frauds out there. But I better stop talking now for a couple of minutes, Lynn. I, I love talking with you about this stuff. And, uh, and I really want to get you back on again soon as we watch this FTX story unfold. Well, I think that the one thing, too, that is ironic about all of this is the attorney that has now filed a class action lawsuit against FTX actually represented Elizabeth Holmes, who is the fraudster in the Theranos case. What is sort of full circle is her dad worked at Enron. Oh, jeez. So he's facing 15 years in prison or something like that. And she'll be uh, sentenced tomorrow. Her, her story's incredible, too. Everybody's got to watch yeah. that documentary. Okay, Lynn, yeah. we're going to stay in close touch. I, I really appreciate okay. your expertise. Okay. Take care, Dory. Uh, all right. Thanks, Lynn. My friend Lynn Brewer, Bye. she was an Enron, uh, one of the whistleblowers that uncovered the Enron scandal, and she is all over this FTX case as well. And now Sound Transit next in her crosshairs. I love that. All right. Love to hear your thoughts on all of this. You can text me at 888 Cairo, 888 Lots more to come here on the Dory Monson Show. If there's one place you can take solace that our country's in great hands right now, it's when you uh, look at waiting in the wings, Kamala Harris. It really is amazing seeing the incredible decline in Joe Biden's mental abilities. It's amazing that the 25th Amendment hasn't at least been brought up yet because he certainly does not appear to be cognitively capable of running his day, much less the country or the world. But then I I still think the reason, and maybe this was great strategery by Joe Biden, when he picked Kamala Harris, maybe he and his handlers knew when he was hiding in the basement during the campaign, they must have known that his cognitive decline was swift. And they probably said, okay, even if Joe continues to deteriorate, we got to pick a vice president who would be even worse than Joe. That way, we'll still be able to control the government and the world, these shadowy figures who prop up Joe Biden. So you got Kamala Harris. You may recall, uh, everyone was making fun of her a couple of weeks ago because she had this stupid... Uh, I guess it was meant to make her sound smart, but it was just such a stupid little obsession that she professed to have. Remember Venn diagrams, those three circles, right? And then let's just see where they overlap. You will not be surprised because I have constructed a Venn diagram on this. Remember those three circles, how they overlap? I love Venn diagrams. So (laughs) I just do. Whenever you're dealing with conflict, pull out a Venn diagram. Seriously, I think she thinks... If I can just remember that phrase, Venn diagram, Venn diagram, Venn diagram. If I say it often enough, people think I'm smart. They'll think I'm smart. They'll think I'm smart. And she doesn't know, apparently, that you can have a two-circle Venn diagram. She doesn't even know what a Venn diagram is. But this was her attempt to sound smart. And she hasn't 
mentioned Venn diagrams forever. And then all of a sudden, in a couple of week period, she started talking about them at every single speech she gave. I'll sound smart. I'll sound smart. I'll sound smart. Right. And so, you know, the three circles. And so I, so I oh, asked my team, right? They're fantastic. Out right now. He sees the Venn diagram of it all. He sees that there are those circles and maybe people seem that they're a little different. They live in different parts of the country. They may be different age or different race. But that area in the middle, that overlap. But I asked my team to do a Venn diagram of where these attacks are happening. So voting rights, women's reproductive rights, LGBTQ rights. Oh, I would love to see that Venn diagram. And, of course, there was a huge intersection. You know, I asked my team to do a Venn diagram for me. And- he goes, I'm not. That's how she sounds smart, she believes. So everybody was making fun of this a few weeks ago because some people put together this montage and others just showing how ridiculous it was. And then last night, Kamala Harris, even maybe she's so insulated, she doesn't know what America says about her and that they were making fun of this. Because last night, once again. And what we are also seeing is that if you look at, you know, I like Venn diagrams. Okay, so if you look, I do. And um, I do. If you look at the. She loves Venn diagrams. I do. So that's your vice president of the United States. That's why people are keeping Joe around. And the big lead of two next, right after we check the news, here on the Dory Monson Show.